You are listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at journeycc.net. Today's message is brought to you by Scott McFarland. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> All my life you have been faithful. Do you guys know that song? All my life you have been so, so good. And every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. You know, that song has been rattling in my head forever. You ever had a song like just get in your head and you can't get rid of it? That's been rattling in my head for over a year when our family was going through pretty much a crisis. I was in Denver taking care of my dad. We were rotating. Some of you remember this over a year ago. And he was dying from uh, brain cancer. He was just going through a real hardship. And I just remember this season, this moment, I can still see myself getting in the car, running down to the store to get some groceries while he was struggling at home and just breaking down in tears to God, feeling alone and inadequate and just unable to do anything to fix it. And that song came on the radio. And in that moment, I'm, I was just reminded, like, your goodness will never stop, never stop running after me. You know, just that sentiment that God's goodness never ends. It's always there and he's always coming after us. Somewhere along that line, I connected a song to an event. And when you do that, that's called a soundtrack. So every time, and you know this is true, it works for TVs and movies. If I do a song on stage to you, you're instantly going to be taken to the movie or TV to do it. Like if I could whistle, I'd do... You guys know what that show is, right? You're too young for that show. Andy Griffith, or if I were to belt out, And I will always love you. You'd say, man, you do not sound like Whitney Houston, is what you'd say. <laughs> but you'd instantly be taken to the movie, The Bodyguard, or I could do a, a one after another with you. That's called a soundtrack. And the idea of a soundtrack is to relate something in your life that's regular, or you hear often, or you say it in your head, to an event or a moment. And what I've discovered, what I've realized, especially the last six months, is we've all got these soundtracks running in our heads. In fact, and this is, what really struck me about six months ago, after two years of a pandemic and all the news and all the stuff that happened and all of the things that we've suffered through, and now we're starting six months ago, we started to come out of that and people were coming back to church and some were going back to work and schools were starting to open again and you could start to see the society move a little bit back to what we used to call normal. But people were still running the soundtrack. Kids were still in deep fear and anxiety as they tried to deal with what had been happening and now trying to return. I saw adults in depression. They couldn't like break out of their life because it was just clouding their thinking and they couldn't figure out a way out of it. I, I, I've seen over and over again people getting sucked into the old mental mindsets and they couldn't break through those to a new beginning or a new start. And I realized, man, we're still running the pandemic declining, but we're still running the pandemic mindset. We still got that soundtrack in our heads. And then, and this is my confession to you today as we begin this series, 
I realized some of the old soundtracks I've been running in my head. You know what I'm talking about? Those things from your past, those things from childhood, those things people said to you years ago, those things that maybe you've heard over and over, or, and you've just accepted them as the truth. And you get those in your brain and in your thinking, and it starts to define your life. I've been looking forward to this series ever since. To describe and reveal and recover from the soundtracks we keep running in our heads. There's a story about um, a group of deer, red deer, that live in the northern part of Germany. When, when the Iron Curtain, when the wall, the fence was put to separate East and West Germany, this pack of deer were separated into two flocks. And then way back when the Iron Curtain was taken down and the area was restored and some of this region where the deer lived was actually created into a natural preserve for the deer. Interestingly enough, both sets of flocks for decades continue to stay on their mental side of that fence. Fence is gone. There's nothing there. It's great land for them to cross over and go into Czechoslovakia area or into Germany area. But these deer, mentally stay on their side of the fence. They've got this soundtrack. One of them, uh, Horia, I think is the deer's name. They tracked it for 11,000 different journeys. And every single time it would get up to where that mental area was and then turn back around and come back into the air. It would never cross over that. And here's what's so interesting about a Hornia as a deer. was born 18 years after the fence came down. The thinking of the herd had affected a Hornia's lifestyle. And that's the story I want us to recognize today as we begin this series. The thinking of the world as a herd has been affecting our lives. And it's time for us to reveal those soundtracks and do something to change them. Are you with me? Turn to the person next to you and say, you need this. (laughs) because we need to break those soundtracks in our heads. That's what we're going to do over the next several weeks. And I want to start with just three verses today. Just, Just three verses that are going to be your motto verses. If you ever memorize scripture, these would be three great verses to just memorize as a part of this series. Recite it to yourself every day and use it as we launch into this series. It starts in Romans chapter 12. Starting at verse 1, it's verses you've probably heard before. I've certainly preached on them before. But I want you to see it with new eyes today. Because what Paul is calling for us to do is to change our soundtracks. Let me read it to you. Then we'll break it down and we'll get into today's message. It says in chapter 12 of Romans, Therefore, Paul's saying, which when you see a therefore in the Bible, you need to see what the therefore is there for. When you see it, therefore, he's basically saying to summarize everything else that I've told you, this is the response. So therefore, because of God's mercy, in view of that, brothers and sisters, to, I want you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing God. I want you to do in the new season of your life what they used to do in the Old Testament. I want you to take your body, not a sheep, not a cattle. I want you to put yourself on the altar. Because this is your true and proper worship. Then look what he says in the next verse. 
How do I do that, Paul? Okay, here you go. Do not conform. Everybody say conform. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be, say it louder, transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what's so radical? I'll just pause right there right for just a second. In the Old Testament, everything was about experience. God shows up on Sinai and, and the story of Exodus and getting them out of Egypt and the, and the way God revealed himself with a fire pillar of fire and a cloud and all the things of the Old Testament were related to experience. When you experienced God, then you just did what he said. Do not taste, do not touch, do not do this, do not do that. He is the Lord your God. I'm gonna, I've experienced him, so I'm just going to do it. But then Greek and Romans came along and in the time of the New Testament, Paul realized that that wasn't the dominant way to attack the problem. Because the Greeks, Romans, and other people around the world hadn't experienced God the way the Israelites had. He said, no, no, no. In our day and age, in the day of reason, which we're still in today, the issue isn't in your experience, it's in your mind. Your battle is in your mind. Not in your circumstances. And so he says, therefore, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't look at your circumstances and say that's the way things should be, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then just, usually people stop right there, but let me just go one more verse into it. For by the grace that God has given me, to say, a grace God's given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly or lowly than you ought. But rather, here it is again, think of yourself with sober judgment. Get the soundtrack right. In accordance with the faith God has distributed each of you. Now we're going to break that down over the next several weeks, but I want to go back to verse 2. We need to stop conforming to what everybody else tells us we're supposed to think and be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Conforming is an interesting word. It doesn't, conforming is different than compliance. Compliance is I respect you and therefore I'm going to change or do something different in order to work out that respect between us. I may not agree with you. I don't agree with my teacher. I don't agree with my boss. I don't agree with the politician, whatever it is. But I'm, I'm complying with it because unity is a far more powerful tool than division. However, conformance says, I'm going to change my thinking to match yours because that makes it easy on both of us. I'm going to change my thinking because that makes the world run smoother. I'm going to change my thinking to do what everybody else says because that's the pressure that's on me. I'm going to conform to what everybody else says because I just don't like conflict. And Paul says, that's not going to help you. That's the old soundtrack. You need a new sound. You need to be transformed. And the word transformed in the Greek is one that you will instantly recognize in our English. Metamorphosu. <laughs> which you know has got transposed into what we say in English. Meta. 
Morphosis. Yes, you know exactly what that is. You remember your old science days in school, elementary school, how they talked about frogs, tadpoles metamorphosizing into frogs? Or my favorite, because I don't like being a frog. I don't want to think about being a frog. I like butterfly. I like the idea of a caterpillar being transformed into a butterfly. Do you know how that works? You know, for centuries, scientists have tried to study what happens in a cocoon when a, when a uh, caterpillar transforms into a butterfly. And they tried lots of ways. They tried dissecting. They tried doing other things. Could never analyze that without disrupting the cocoon and disrupting the process. Until just recently, through micro CT scans, they can watch and track the transformation process. And here's what they discovered. The transformation process is not just physical. When that caterpillar forms the cocoon that it goes into. It puts silk around itself and puts it like under a branch or under a leaf, creates this cocoon, pushes itself into the cocoon, and then the pressure of the cocoon starts to do something to it. And it will lose body parts, it will change radically the cell structure, some cells will die, others will fall off, but not only the cells change, the thinking does. Because somewhere along the process of transformation, the caterpillar's brain that is used to crawling around to move starts to believe it can fly. Something has transformed in its thinking. And that was revealed in these micro CT scans. Something changed in the brain style of the caterpillar. Paul uses the same word for us. When you surrender your life to Jesus, you choose mental thinking to lay yourself on the altar of God and let him take you and push you and pressure you and work you until you change the way you think. And it changes the way you act. And it changes the way you behave. And it creates and changes your life. You are not conformed. You are transformed. Come on, you should be saying hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And here's my challenge as we get into how to do that today. We need some transformation. Are you, are you happy with what your life is producing or do you need some thinking changed? Better question, is God happy with what your life is producing or do you need some transformation in your thinking so that he can create the image of his son out of you? That's what we're going to do over the next several weeks. And just to brief you before I get into the way to do that out of Paul, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, here's the five areas we're going to cover over the next five weeks. Five that I've discovered, there's probably more categories than this, but these are the five categories that constantly come up as I talk with people and observe what they're doing and have seen it in my life. Number one, your identity. We'll talk about 
this next week regarding sin and guilt and all of the things we do that screw up our life and the addictions we face and the struggles we have with that, it's all back to what I think in my identity. We're going to deal with that next week. Number two, (laughs) anger. How even hidden anger drives my life a certain way. And when I change my thinking about the anger, it will change the direction, trajectory of my life. Third one, I know you guys have no problem with this, but me being a worry board, I do. Fear and worry. We're going to cover that in the third week. Fourth week, depression and defeat and how that thinking impacts our life. And then finally, pride, which is the most subtle of them all. Those are the five categories we're going to cover today. I just want to show you out of Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the structure of how this is going to work. It's very simple. It's something you can memorize. It's something you can start to apply with. And today we're going to start working on it and getting prepared for the next five weeks. And so here it is out of chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to, here it is, test and approve God's perfect, pleasing, and good will. So, here's the formula. Are you ready? Are you ready for the formula? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready! Okay. Here's the first one. Test. You need to reveal the soundtracks you're thinking about. You need to reveal... Those things you keep running in your head. You need to reveal it so you can define it. Because if you don't define it, you won't defeat it. Paul uses the word test and approve in English. It's test and approve. It's two words. In the Greek word, it's actually one word that has two actions. They, They show up in our English as two different words. But in the Greek, it's one word. You do both together. And the first part of that is to test it. To see... What is that thing I keep repeating and running through my head all the time? You got one of those? Probably got a hundred. I can tell you so many of mine, this has been so good for me that to just reveal some of this old thinking from my history, from my past, from my childhood. And, you know, as soon as I wrote it down and revealed it in my, in my heart to show what I've been thinking all this time, it instantly demonstrated the lie. Instantly, it was so obvious on the paper, but I keep repeating it in my head. Just to be transparent and candid, just to go first, I grew up thinking I was unworthy, unattractive, incapable, and the word that best described me as a child, as a teenager, and even as a young adult, even struggling, even as old as I am now, is the word can't. I would measure my life by what I can't do. And to reveal that on paper helped me see the lie in that statement. I, Paul says you need to test that. You need to test it. Testing means I look at it in comparison to the word and the truth of God. I'm testing it. I'm saying, is it true? No, it's not true. God's word says, you are a child of God. Come on. That means you have value. You're worth something. Are you, are you incapable? No. You have been called. 
by God to serve and to work and to do the things that God has called you to do. You have been given pleasure and and tr- skills and gifts. You have so much to contribute. Why would the Word of God tell you that and then it not be true? You need to test it. Hey, here's a thought. Everything Google says about you isn't true. <laughs> you should test it. And Paul is trying to tell a group of people in Rome, these Christians, who are surrounded by sexual morality and power and politics and all of the things they're indoctrinated with in Rome, you need to test what's being told to you. Because if it's not true, you shouldn't be thinking it. Here's, here's the test that John Acorn came up with. I love these three questions. John Acorn came up with these three questions. They are fabulous for the way we think. When you have a thought, here's the three questions to ask. Is it true? Is it healthy? Is it kind? Is it true? Is it healthy? Is it kind? If you have a thought, it may be true, but saying it and believing it is not healthy. It's not healthy for me to think that way. Or it's not kind to think that way about that driver that just cut me off on the Altamont. I need to stop that thought from taking control of me. And for many of us, you've been dominated by thoughts that have control that are not true or not healthy or not kind. Reveal it. Own it. You know what Paul says in 2 Corinthians to another church about this whole issue of reason and taking control of your mind? He says, we don't fight with the same spiritual tools that other people. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting spiritual forces. And here's how you deal with that. You take captive. He's in chains when he writes this. You take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So don't even let it sit in your brain if it's not true or not healthy or not kind. You take it captive and you say, that's an unkind thing to think about. I'm throwing it out. Here you go, Diana. You take captive that thought about your husband and throw it out. <laughs> Just... Friends, I'm going to give you an assignment at the end of the message here today. And your first assignment this week is just to reveal your soundtracks. That takes courage. Because those things have been ingrained in your head by the world and by people in your life that you even care about, but they may not be true and they certainly may not be healthy. And in many cases, they're not kind. And if you don't reveal them, you'll never defeat them. Reveal, test. And then the other part of that same word is approve. Approve means you take what you're thinking or the thought or the idea or the decision and you compare it to the truth of the word of God. You compare the two. Does this action or thought or belief or behavior match what the word of God says to me? Now, if you don't know the word of God, that makes that difficult. But the only way to find out what is true and kind and healthy is to go back to the original source. 
when I started working on this series, I was shocked. I don't know how many times I've read through this, hundreds of times. I don't know how many times I've taught it. But the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' way of revealing and replacing the lies with truth. I mean, go through the Sermon on the Mount and you'll see it. We're going to even reference it throughout this series. He says things in the Sermon on the Mount to reveal the falsehood of our thinking and then actually replace it with what's approved by God. For instance, blessed are those who mourn. You thought, oh, I'm a mourner. I'm suffering. I'm going through pain. I'm going through heartache. This is so hard. I'm never going to get out of this. This is going to last forever. I'm going to be living in grief forever. And he goes, no, no, you got the wrong thinking. Blessed are you who mourn because here's what God does when he sees a mourner. He comes and brings comfort. You've got a promise from God. He's going to bless you with comfort when you go through mourning. And friends, many of you have gone through mourning just like me, but there's always comfort on the other side because God doesn't leave you there. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I can't get this right. It always screw up. I, don't, I can't seem to ever get away from this. I seem to go through the pattern all the time. He says, oh, no. For they will be filled. I'm going to fill you with my spirit and help you change that struggle. But you got to start by realizing God's going to bless me in this. I got to change my thinking. I got to reveal it and I got to replace it. And if you don't believe all that, just go a little bit further in the Sermon on the Mount. He's telling all of these people that feel like they never measure up to God, all their experiences are judgment from God, all the prophets, all the Pharisees, all the teachers of the law, all the people in Jerusalem that say, you've got to sacrifice more, you're not doing this right, you're not doing this right. He's going to preach against you all the time. And he turns to me and says, you guys, don't get it. That's not you. You're the salt of the earth. You, you are the preservative that keeps the earth running. You are the flavor that brings, brings the word of God and the love of God into the world. If there was no you, there would be no life. You are the salt of the earth. And then he turns to him and says, by the way, don't listen to that garbage in your... I want to replace that. I want to tell you, you're the light of the world. The city on the hill cannot be hidden, neither can you. You don't take a candle and put it under a bowl and then block the light. No, no, You shine the light everywhere so that everybody can see the works of God and give God the glory. You're not that old thinking. You need to replace it with who you truly are. And that's what we need work on. We need to quit conforming to what everybody else tells us and start being transformed by what the Word of God says. And friends, listen. You're going to see this over the next several weeks. When I stop conforming to what the world says my identity is and I start being transformed into God's identity, it's radical what it does for my life. When I get rid of the anger, reveal it, and replace it with forgiveness and kindness towards people, it's radical how it changes my relationships. And on and on it goes. We have to reveal it and replace it. Test and approve. Reveal and replace. You guys got that? Reveal and replace. And then there's one last thing you got to do. He says, he even 
just Paul just adds to the sentence just this one last thought. Reveal, repace, test and approve. Oh, and don't forget, <laughs> his will is good and pleasing and perfect. It's like he's repeating it over, test and approve because God's will is good. Test and approve because God's will is pleasing. Test and approve because it's perfect. I've been in studying for this series, learning a lot about the brain. It's so intriguing how this organ, this mass of tissue works. Every memory in your brain is a connection of dots. Do you remember connect the dots? There's these things called neuropathways that when an event happens to you or a story occurs to you or so, you learn something in your life and you repeat it, you keep repeating it, those neuropathways become stronger and stronger and stronger. And the more you repeat it, the stronger that memory dominates your life. When I was a kid, my brother and I went out one summer. We had nothing else to do. So we had this area that was forested in the backyard. And it, that, my mom didn't care. She just let us do this. But we, we decided we're going to create some, some camps, some hideouts in that little forested area. And we cut our way through. I took a sickle and started cutting our way through the briars and brush and some of the bushes in there. And we, we found ourselves a little caves and we used it to, to create a little camp, a little hideout. And we were having a great time. And the more every day we go out there and we cut that pathway down to get to our camp. And they would get harder and harder and less and less on it. And eventually it was just dirt through that little forested area to get to our little hideouts, our camps. Do you realize you do that in your brain all the time? A memory or an event or something stated to you from the past gets repeated over and over, and those neuropathways are just embracing that in your head, and you start believing it. And that can be a real positive thing, an encouraging thing, or it can be a real negative thing. The only way to change the neuropathways is to repeat the correct one over and over and over again. I need to keep repeating the proper truth in order to stop believing the lies and the half-truths. That's how your brain works. You know what's so fascinating? It's how the Bible has things repeated over and over and over and over and over again to get you to believe what God keeps saying is true. Be strong and courageous. Why does he say that all the time? Because he wants you to be He wants you to think that way. He says, do not fear. <gasps> but you don't understand, God. I'm afraid. Do not fear. 365 times, one, one for every day of the, of the year. Do not fear. God keeps saying it over and over again. Why? Because he wants your neurotransmitters to get that pattern in your head. That you have nothing to fear because he's in charge. Friends, when you practice and repeat the truth of God, it will change your mind. And when you change your mind, 
you'll change your action. When you change your action, you'll change your behavior. When you change your behavior, you'll change your life. But it starts with you. You got to reveal it. You got to share it. You got to define it so that you know how to defeat it. And that's my assignment to you today. Paul started that passage with a specific instruction. And we think about it related to our bodies, but I want to challenge you to think about it related to your brain today, to your thinking. Therefore, as God's chosen people, offer your bodies, your brains, as a living sacrifice. Enter the cocoon so that he can take that caterpillar of a brain and transform it into a butterfly. And let me just be really crystal clear on this. If you will not do that, then you've already blocked your brain from flying the way God designed it to be. And the reason the world doesn't want to hear the message of the church is they've already blocked their I'm asking you today to reveal it. To just write it in a journal. Share it with somebody you trust. Openly make yourself aware of the soundtrack you keep running in your head. Because when you do, you'll reveal it, and then you can replace it, and then you can repeat the truth until you get it. And that's why today, even though it's probably a week early, I was going to cover more of this next week. I inserted this into your program. It's a 90 statements from Scripture about the truth that God says about you. And as you reveal some of those things that are soundtracks in your head, I want you to look for the corresponding truth that it should be replaced with. Like for me, I need the reminder from John that I am a child of God himself. I'm called by him to serve and to do the ministry he's played into me. He's he's created in me a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. I just can't sing like Whitney Houston, sorry. I'm a saint, not a sinner anymore, because through the blood of Jesus, he's wiped away all my sins. And I'm capable, not of doing what I want to do, but of doing everything that he assigns me to do. See, when I change my thinking, it will change my life. Can you imagine what God could do with this church if we all adjusted our thinking and were transformed into thinking like Jesus? It could change the world. And more importantly, it could change your home and change your life. And that's what we're going to do over the next several weeks. Unfortunately, it won't change the heat of Tracy. Saying, but it will change your life. So I'm calling you again one more time before I close.
Reveal the soundtrack today. Own it. Share it. So we can start to defeat it. Jesus, thank you so much for what you're going to do in, in this whole series with us. I'm so excited for what it's already doing in me, and I am grateful for what it's going to do for our church and for this community and beyond. Today, we lay our minds on the altar of God, and we ask you to stop letting us conform them to the world, but transform them and renew our minds so that we can think and behave and believe and become all that you intended for us. Bless every person here with the courage to do that. And as they reveal those soundtracks, would you change their life radically? We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Thank you for listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. If you would like to support us as we pursue God and love people one at a time, please consider a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeycc.net slash giving.